Good morning. Uh, the meeting will come to order. Welcome to the November 16, 2023 regular meeting of the Government Audit and Oversight Committee of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. I'm Supervisor Dean Preston, Chair of the Committee, joined by Vice Chair Catherine Stephanie and Supervisor Connie Chan. The committee clerk today is Stephanie Cabrera, and our thanks to uh, Matthew uh, now from uh, SFGov TV uh, for staffing this meeting. Madam Clerk, any announcements? Yes, public comment will be taken on each item on this agenda. When your item of interest comes up, public comment is called. Please line up along the curtain wall to your right. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways. Email them to the Government Audit and Committee Clerk at elisa.somera at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the supervisors and also included as part of the official file. You may also send your email or your written comments to us at U.S. Postal Service in City Hall at 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. If you have documents you would like included as part of the file, please submit them to me before the end of the meeting. Please make sure to silence your cell phones and electronic devices to prevent any interruptions to today's proceedings. Finally, items acted upon today are expected to appear on the Board of Supervisors agenda of November 28th, unless otherwise stated. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Please call item one. Item number one is a motion directing the budget and legislative analyst to conduct two additional performance audits in fiscal year 2023 through 2024 on the management of street cleaning by public works and of interdepartmental agreements citywide. Thank you, um, colleagues. As you know, the uh, Government Audit and Oversight Committee has the responsibility uh, to commission program audits by the budget and legislative analyst. Uh, and uh, also last year, uh, with your support, we uh, increased the BLA's capacity to take on additional audits uh, with the goal of enacting proactive anti-corruption measures. Um, we recently received one of last year's uh, audits completed and uh, will be receiving more completed audits in the coming months. Um, earlier this year, the committee recommended an audit of the uh, San Francisco Police Department's use of overtime. Um, and today I'm requesting uh, your support to commission two additional audits uh, by the budget and legislative analysts. The first audit um, is related to something that according to the controller's 2023 city survey is still top of mind for many San Franciscans and that's street cleanliness. Um, this proposed audit uh, will survey the city's street cleaning operations for efficiency, effectiveness, and equity of street cleaning services, uh, including the provision of services across different neighborhoods in the city. Uh, this will be the first program audit uh, that we're aware of of street cleaning operations in over five years. Um, although I uh, should note that uh, Vice Chair Stephanie has commissioned um, commissioned a policy report uh, regarding costs of cleaning in comparison to other cities. Um, and thank you for your, your work on that. Um, my hope is that this audit will uh, shed light on uh, efficiency, but also really dig into um, the process in place um, for deploying our street cleaning uh, staff and contractors so that, that residents can better understand um, what's often uh, just kind of a mystery to everyone, which is uh, how the decisions are being made, uh, why we can uh, cr 
clean certain areas and not other areas, just what, uh, what kind of processes there. Um, and with a goal, I think that we all share, uh, and I'm sure the department shares, of, of being able to provide the best possible service to uh, our constituents across the city. Um, the second audit um, in, in uh, this motion um, will focus um, inward on interdepartmental work orders, um, which as of this fiscal year make up nearly $100 million in the general fund and a total of $251 million uh, in all funds. Um, I, I'm sure Supervisor Chan, as our, our budget chair, I know deals with some of this, you know, as line items uh, in the budget process and is uh, very familiar, but for, for everyone uh, else, interdepartmental work orders um, are, are uh, budgeted items within departmental um, budgets uh, for services to or from other city departments. Um, the Board of Supervisors does not typically get much information about the nature of these interdepartmental services um, unless we specifically request it um, through the BLA or as those who watch the budget process saw when Chair Chan and others inquire very specifically about a budget item, some of this comes to light, but, but only when we specifically ask about it and know about it. Um, and typically the board doesn't um, have any real mechanism to follow up after that money has been uh, budgeted and spent around these uh, interdepartmental services and, and work orders. Um, to our knowledge, this particular area has never been the subject uh, of an audit despite uh, the significant amount of money uh, in our annual budget uh, for that. Uh, and we believe that the BLA's work on this um, will help us ensure that our provision of services is always done uh, efficiently uh, or as efficiently as possible and with best practices in place to ensure accurate budgeting and delivery services. So I uh, hope to have your support on these items uh, and um, would like at this point to uh, hand it over to uh, Dan Goncher, uh, Principal at uh, Budget and Legislative Analyst's uh, Office to uh, tell us more about the proposed audits um, and I just want to thank you, uh, Mr. Goncher, and, uh, and, and Lyndon as well for, uh, for all of your work on these various audits. The floor is yours. Thank you and good morning, <clears throat> Chair Preston, uh, members of the committee, Dan Goncher with the Budget and Legislative Analyst Office. As Chair Preston uh, noted, uh, the motion would add two additional audits to the Budget and Legislative Analyst work plan for fiscal year 23-24. Uh, those would be one for street cleaning programs and one for interdepartmental services. Um, as you may know, and as Chair Preston mentioned, uh, the 2023 survey of city residents found uh, that respondents rated street and sidewalk cleanliness lower than the previous survey in 2019 and the lowest of any metric in the survey. Additionally, um, a 2018 BLA policy analysis report that Chair Preston mentioned that was requested by Supervisor Stephanie found that San Francisco has higher per capita street cleaning costs compared to other cities. At the time, uh, it was f over $40 for San Francisco versus uh, about $9 for the peer cities, so over four times as expensive. Now, the report did note that some of the fact some factors that may explain the higher costs but the report did not review the efficiency with which staff is performing street cleaning services, nor analyze 
uh, how that might affect the costs of providing street cleaning services. And again, to our knowledge, there does not appear to have been a performance audit conducted of public work street cleaning in the last five years, if ever. Um, regarding the interdepartmental services or work orders as they're known colloquially, colloquially um, as you may know, city departments perform and request services with other city departments. In the current year, as Chair Preston mentioned, uh, approximately 250 million is budgeted citywide with about 98 million budgeted just in the general fund. Departments may, but generally are not required to establish with each other memorandum of understanding or interdepartmental service agreements that describe the scope of the interdepartmental services to be provided, the basis of the cost for the services, and the level of detail for any documentation that requesting department, uh, for any documentation the requesting department requires as proof that the services were actually provided. We have heard anecdotally that in some cases performing departments may exceed their budgets for services or may not provide requesting departments with supporting documentation to back up their billing charges. And with the city facing a substantial structural deficit, it is imperative that we take all feasible steps to reduce unnecessary spending on administrative costs. And this is one area where there may be some savings to be found. Um, so that is sort of our summary of the two um, topics and I'm available for any questions that you may have. Thank you very much. Um, and unless there are any questions or comments from colleagues and seeing none, let's open public comment on this item. Are there any members of the public who wish to speak to this item? If so, please line up along the curtain wall to your right, my left. All speakers will have two minutes to speak. There's a visual cue on the lectern as well as an audible chime. When the light changes to yellow, that indicates that you have 30 seconds. The first speaker may approach the podium. Chair, there are no speakers to this item. Thank you. Public comment on this item is now closed, uh, and I would like to move to send this item to the full board with positive recommendation. Thank you. And on that motion, Vice Chair Stephanie? Aye. Stephanie, aye. Member Chan? Aye. Chan, aye. Chair Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. You have three ayes. Thank you. That motion passes. Uh, Madam Clerk, please call item two. Item number two is a resolution urging the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency Board of Directors to remove the third party dispatch from its taxi upfront fare pilot program. Thank you, Madam Clerk. And uh, this item is sponsored by uh, Supervisor Chan. Uh, thank you for your leadership on this, Supervisor Chan. Uh, and do you have some remarks? Thank you, uh, Chair Preston. Uh, colleagues, uh, first of all, I would like uh, for you to know that we do, we receive a request from SFMTA to continue this item due to staff availability uh, this week. Um, but I uh, just wanted to, um, and, and that, that today uh, I hope that we could continue this item uh, to uh, our last meeting in December uh, for us to wrap up. And it's also the reason why we will not be having a formal presentation for SFMTA today to report back uh, their data that a quarterly report that they've been collected for about a year now. Um, but I do want to um, take this opportunity to speak a little bit about this resolution and how it came about. And it really has, we introduced this resolution actually a year ago uh, uh, in anticipating that the SFMTA was going to launch a pilot program, a uh, fair pilot program uh, that will include a third party dispatch. And at that time, what we have learned is uh, about the third 
party dispatch is uh, allowing um, uh, other rideshare uh, or TNC transportation network companies like Uber can uh, also offer uh, rides uh, and that our taxi drivers can take up those rides uh, as as well, um, as well as uh, the pilot uh, program that SFMTA um, is offering. And the concern at that time was that, you know, uh, this create an un, uh, unfair uh, play field for the taxi driver that further pushed them in a space where they will then um, be uh, taking advantage of uh, and, and, and uh, end up for the sake of survival, taking up fares that are not really um, meeting the standard uh, fare uh, matrix. So with that, we had this resolution really urging, at that time, urging SFMTA to remove the third-party dispatch altogether uh, from this pilot program. But we, as we continue conversation with both um, stakeholders that are taxi drivers, as well as SFMTA, um, that we also realize that this could be a tool for our taxi drivers uh, for the long run if, if we track the data um, honestly and if we track the data uh, according to really a way that we can actually understand the impact of the pilot program. And perhaps we should give them, after all, it is a pilot program that we should give them the opportunity to collect the data so that we can evaluate its usefulness and is, whether it's really supporting our taxi driver or not uh, based on data. So a year later, SFMTA has collected about three quarters, now officially in November, have collected about three quarters of report, uh, and which is almost a year. Uh, we want to evaluate and learn more about that. I had the opportunity to uh, speak with SFMTA team, um, who is in charge with, uh, is Kate Torren, and I really appreciate all her work and leadership uh, and willingness to listen to all of us, including the stakeholders, and have been making, has been making tweaks to the pilot program and data collection that resulted to the uh, resolution amendments language uh, that you see. That are that are before you today. Um, it's uh, again, you know, I, I wish Kate is here, but uh, it's it just happened that um, she is not available. Um, but I look forward to seeing her uh, being here with us in December to present us at the whole picture of the data collected. Um, the the amendments before you today is to actually say that we we would like to see um, this pilot to continue tracking additional data, develop additional program metrics, um, and to continue to submit a quarterly report to the board of supervisors with the goal that really is to improve outcomes and benefit for taxi drivers. And that um, I just wanted to quickly read the uh, resolve clauses for you colleagues so that I, I think those, those are the critical language um, for you to consider um, the, the overall amendments that, that are before you today is that we, we really want um, the uh, San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency Board, uh, in this case is the short for MTAB, to develop additional matrix to assess the impact, if any, uh, of following third-party dispatch trips in order to determine whether third-party trips are supplementing or replacing uh, street hail dispatch or e-taxi trips. 
Uh, we also would like for them to collect data quarterly on the total amount charged to third-party passengers, including fares and any other related charges. There could be any type of charges that is imposed by the um, transportation network companies, um, and that could be a you know uh, peak hours, or there could be a surge charge and any other fees. So, um, not to be descriptive, uh, we we basically say any other related charges. Uh, and that we would like for them to continue to submit directly to us, the board supervisor, a quarterly report that we can evaluate. Currently, they are conducting a quarterly report already. I, I, I don't want to say that they're not. Uh, they actually are doing that, uh, but they're submitting directly to the MTAB. Uh, we just like for them to also to submit directly to us. Now, I just wanted to flag for you, uh, last year when we introduced this resolution, it was really the beginning of the pilot, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, MTAB, which is SFMTA board, really already uh, voted to support this pilot to extend it until June 30, 2025. Um, so, Clearly, this resolution is saying that we will support that extension because that is really um, uh, what the uh, MTAB board did. Uh, on the condition, though, um, that we will see the commitments that this pilot program has made early on is that they will actually have at least a 10% or greater increase in revenue for taxi drivers uh, who participate in the third-party trips. And that I think that this is ultimately uh, the goal of this pilot program, is really that we want to support our taxi workers and taxi drivers um, to level the play field uh, among taxi drivers, uh, as well as those who drive for transportation network com companies. And so uh, I, I believe that the amendments before you today uh, fulfill that goal and spirit, and, but also continuing this pilot program to allow us to gather more data, but data that are specific uh, proposed by our stakeholders that we know um, will allow us to have a fair and honest evaluation whether this pilot program works or not for our taxi drivers. And with that, I um, thank you so much for your time today and my apologies that we have to continue this uh, again um, to December, but I, I really wish, uh, I really hope that uh, I will have your support today for the amendments before you and that we can make those amendments today and allow Kate Torn to come back and present uh, for us to finalize before we vote on uh, the resolution. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Chan, um, and um, I am certainly supportive of uh, the, the continuance, and um, I, I will, uh, as a friendly amendment to the continuance, those that suggest that we uh, continue to call the chair. We only have we, we only have the one meeting regularly scheduled in December, which is uh, the December seventh meeting. The other one falls within our uh, our recess. Um, so happy to coordinate with your office and with MTA around around timing and bring it back at your pleasure. Um, but I uh, would, would suggest that our motion after public comment and after amendments be uh, to continue the call of the chair. I did want to just comment on, uh, on the substance of all this just briefly. I, I think I spoke extensively last time and I will refrain from doing that this time and sharing all my views of what uh, Uber and others did to the taxi industry. Uh, of this city, um, but but I will say that um, I really appreciate the focus here on the 
data and metrics of what is, what is the actual experience. We have the quarter one and quarter two reports. It'll be really helpful, I think, when we have uh, the next report as well. And I, and I just want to share that while we're not the direct oversight body like the MTA board, uh, certainly for speaking uh, for myself, a couple of the things that I think I'm looking most closely at in this data um, and this pilot um, is, and, and, and to Reser Chan, you touched on, on, on uh, some of these things, but um, one is just the revenue to drivers. Like what, what is actual, the actual impact, not just on the fees going uh, to, uh, to Uber, through, um, but, but also just overall the revenue uh, for drivers, are, are they seeing the benefits of this? Uh, and there's some positive uh, indications in the early uh, data on this. The second thing, and I, and I will admit to, I, I, don't wanna, I don't think we should be basing policy on anecdotes, but I also think sometimes anecdotes matter. And I will just tell you for myself, as someone who uh, has made a personal decision uh, because of my objections to how Uber and Lyft have operated in the San Francisco market, uh, to not use Uber and Lyft and instead to use uh, regular taxi cabs, uh, legal taxi cabs in San Francisco when I need a cab, um, I can say that in the last at least you know six months or so, you know, during this pr uh, pilot period, um, it has been virtually impossible to get uh, taxi cabs through uh, the flywheel application. And I've talked to a number of people who've had the same experience. Now, there are two possibilities. Um, one is that there are technical issues regarding the app that need to be worked out, and I do understand from the head of Flywheel that that may be the case. What I'm afraid of is, and what I don't want to see, and I flagged this last time, is we don't want a system where uh, drivers are incentivized to be taking the fares through the TNC uh, rather than the calls that are coming in directly from folks who just use the Flywheel app or are calling for a taxi. And so one thing that I'm looking at in the data is going to be like how, how usable is our system for people who do not want to go through Uber, for people who want to continue either to pick up the phone and call a cab, to use Flywheel or YoTaxi or one of the other services to uh, e-hail their cab without going through the TNCs. That has to, we, we need to make sure that this pilot is actually moving more, at least maintaining that customer base and not taking away from it. And ideally, uh, is actually increasing that customer base as people who previously may not even have known about San Francisco cabs and relied on Uber are now, through the pilot, able, able to get connected to an actual uh, medallion holder real taxi and maybe opt to contact that ca taxi directly in the future. That's uh, in my view and as pol you know as for us as policymakers I don't think our job is to expand uh, Uber's profits or keep them afloat. I think our goal is to first and foremost be serving uh, and and looking out for uh, taxi 
drivers and for, uh, for the customers who want to continue using uh, uh, real licensed cabs. So, uh, so that's, you know, those, those are the things I'm looking at. And again, I, I want to say, you know, I was very skeptical of the pilot at the start. Some of the numbers are encouraging on this front. Um, interested to hear what the public comment is uh, and just the ongoing input from drivers, from the public, and uh, from MTA as uh, we move forward to the, not just through today's hearing, but to the next time we hear this. Uh, so unless anyone else has comments or questions, um, let's go ahead and open up a public comment on this item. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Are there members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Please line up along the curtain wall to your right. All speakers will have two minutes to speak to this item. If you have additional comments, please email them to the committee clerk whose email appears at the top of today's agenda. The first person may come forward to the podium and begin their comment. Well, I'd like to say your issues are very important, and I only have two minutes, so I can't address them now. I'd love to talk with you offline, Supervisor Preston, because you've made some valid points that other people have made. And I have answers for those people because they talk to me all the time about this. When I especially, I drive at night. I don't drive during the day. Most, it's easier to get a cab during the day than at night because it's, it really is uh, demeaning to sit there in front of a nightclub or a, a music venue and watch them looking at their phones, even at the opera and the symphony, and sitting there and, and, not, and not being able to get one of them. And, and until you find someone who's, whose phone has died or, they, or, or the, the prices have surged so much, they're gonna take a cab. And I have found that the LGBTQ events actually take more cabs than the other type of events. I'm sorry, but that's my experience. And, 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 and the major venues like, like Chase Center and, and Bill Graham Civic Auditorium and some of the baseball, ga baseball games. So I want to say, uh, uh, and particularly your two, two uh, districts five and one take a lot of cabs. Particularly, uh, they do, they really do. And I love taking them there, and, and they're grateful, and they tip me well. So I wanted two issues while I have left time. One is that it's not fair that, that the customer is given surge price, and the driver is not given comp a comparative amount to the surge price. So that's a problem. So, and taxis don't do surge pricing. So this is an issue of comparing, of making sure you get the exact amount of how much the passenger paid and how much the driver got in, in his or her bank account or debit card. The other issue, which I have 10 seconds quickly, is that, uh, is that it, it takes away from regular cab customers who will only take cabs in the, 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 in the hospitality industry, the uh, seniors and disabled, and the, the people who go to, to um, dialysis in the morning. Thank you. Thank you for your comments today. Are there any other speakers to this item? And as a reminder, if you can please state your name before your comments. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Muwafak Mustafa. I'm the manager of Flywheel Taxi. Uh, I just listened carefully to uh, Supervisor Chen's concerns about this program, and I really appreciate that. But I just want to remind her that this program is just a work in progress. So as we go, every day goes by, we are improving this program. We're making sure that our drivers' our income is better and also customer service is better. I just, wanna, I just wanted to remind her that uh, the, the idea of just removing this uh, completely third-party dispatch uh, or third-party apps 
it's just uh, I think it's a mistake for just for two reasons and two reasons only I think it's uh, uh, just taking away the the cust taking away the customer base that uh, third bar dispatch has just take it away from uh, have the access to taxi drivers it's a mistake because I just want to remind you that most of these uh, most of these uh, riders on those ride shares are young people who are most of them they were not even born when Uber came in, so they don't know anything about the taxi, and now is the opportunity to see the taxis and uh, experience them, that's one thing. And the second thing is, just taking this away, this income away from drivers, I feel like it's, uh, it's, it's not a good idea. I think it's so far, my experience with drivers, they're very positive, uh, I think they are, uh, Definitely, their income is increasing. They're making, they're having a better chance of, uh, of uh, make, maintaining their medallions and making uh, more money. Thank you. Thank you for your comments today. If there are any other speakers that would like to speak to this item, please go ahead and line up, and then we'll take each of the speakers as they are in line. But please go ahead and stand in line along the curtain wall so that we know how many speakers we have pending. Okay. Thank okay. you. You may Hi. begin. Hi, my name is Izzy. I'm the CEO of Flywheel Technologies. I'm just here to kind of have you take away a few points. We, it's undoubtedly that Uber has the most demand that we've ever seen as far as riders. And there are many riders that have never taken a taxi. We have an opportunity here, and we've been doing it now for almost a year, to take those riders and put them in a taxi and make it a taxi ride. That's the concept. The other concept I want you to pull, take away is these are completely optional for the driver. They see everything. They see how much they're going to earn where they have to drive to the pickup point, where they have to go and drop off. They can, and we give mileage. They see how many miles that journey will take from where they're at now to when they have to drop off. So they can calculate in their mind, is this worth it for me? And if they decline, there's no consequence. Like in other parts, there might be consequences. There's none at all. They'll get the next ride that's available. So know that there's a tremendous amount of demand. Taxis need to work. The proof's in the pudding when you see the amount of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars these drivers are making, hundreds a day more than what they were making before, and it's completely optional. I just don't understand why we keep kind of arguing why this isn't a good thing, because they don't have to take it. If they don't even want to be part of the program, they don't even have to. So completely optional. The rider knows it's going to be a, on the other side. The Uber passenger knows it's going to be a taxi. So they know it's going to be a taxi before they even accept that ride that said, because they, what they've asked it, they have two ways to cancel. They can cancel the ride or they can ask for a new driver. It's less than 1% that these riders do that. Just shows that riders want it, taxis want it. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, my name is Robert. I'm a driver for Flywheel for over 10 years now. And I do love this new program that we have. Um, this program is now giving me more than 50% of my daily income. This program also introduces, like Izzy had said, the Uber riders to the taxi program and the flywheel app that we have. Uh, like Mustafa said, a lot of these riders have never been introduced to taxis before, and they don't, know, they don't even know that taxis actually exist until we have this program with Uber and they get into our car and I introduce them to the program, to the Flywheel app. And so this is very beneficial to us. I don't see why we need to go back and forth on this. I do want this program to continue. It is helping me, it is helping the industry. And 
even though this program is giving me more than 50% of my income, whenever I drive down the street as I'm, as I'm going to pick up this Uber ride, my priority is the Flywheel app and the street hails. If I see anyone on the street hailing me down or a Flywheel app pinging me, I'll cancel the Uber ride, pick up the, the street hails or the Flywheel app hails. So please continue this program for us. Thank you. Thank you for addressing the committee. Next speaker. Good morning. My name is Wahab. I'm an owner of 1284. I've been working taxi driver like for 29 years old. I live in Richmond District for 31 years old. Actually, uh, last year I almost dropped my medallion because my, my business is down. I almost returned until the third party coming over. At least um, today, like I have example, I start five o'clock, I have an Uber $800. I have zero in taxi. Not even airport, not even nothing. So please, let, let it continue. I mean, we, we need to, our income increasing. Um, the last year was proven that, and our income dramatically is, is increasing, like almost, as Robert said, like 50, 55%. I don't want to lose it. Otherwise, I drop the medallion and walk home and look for other job. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker, please. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Evelyn Engel with the Taxi Workers Alliance. Um, we support this resolution. I, I want to diverge a little bit. I'm talk so about sorry for interrupting. Do you mind lowering the, the microphone so we can hear you clearly? All right. Thank you. Sorry for the interruption. Is that better? Yes. All right. Um, you know, I didn't check these, this data, but uh, roughly around 1929, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors passed the first taxi regulation, and this was a cap on the fares. It was to pr prevent price gouging. So over time, you know, um, taxi regulations evolved to include a cap on the number of vehicles as well as the, the, the sacred meter fare where passengers don't pay more. And although the Board of Supervisors no longer has regulatory control over taxis, you have had a role in taxis for almost 100 years. And we do hope that you will look over this program on a regular basis to ensure that it's fair. What these regulations do is they provide labor protections, they provide consumer protections, and they provide environmental protections in the sense of eliminating congestion. And putting taxis into an unregulated system, which is what Uber is, has risk. and has risk for drivers, and it has uh, you know, potential to harm those who do not want to drive for Uber, as well as help those who do. Because if the taxi business dries up, you know, everyone will be forced to take the Uber rides. There's, this has been framed as a choice, but you do not always have a choice if you're desperate. And that's why we have minimum wage laws, we have rent control laws. We need to make sure everyone is protected. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker. Uh, thank you, Supervisors Mark Gruber, also with the Taxi Workers Alliance, and I, 
I urge you to support the resolution because I think the board needs to maintain some oversight uh, over this program. Uh, two and a half years is a very long time for a pilot, and um, by that time, this program will be so ingrained that it will be very hard to end, even if there are good reasons for doing so. If they're not providing significant financial benefits for drivers, or if they are adversely impacting service to our regular customers, the program should be terminated uh, immediately. Um, I, I have some deep concerns about allowing Uber a role in taxi service. They're a direct competitor with immeasurably greater resources than our entire industry combined. They're not city regulated, and there's a kind of a fox in the hen house the aspect to this whole thing. The pilot program is off to a modest start, but the more that drivers come to depend on these rides, the greater the risks. Uber will be able to dictate terms and conditions that we will have little choice but to accept. They manipulate their own drivers and passengers for that matter, so why not us? And once we're dependent on these rides, what happens if they decide to pull the plug, which they could do any time because we will be a negligibly small part of their operations. Personally, I don't think it's worth the risk of inviting them into our industry in any capacity. But now that they're here, if the pilot program's goals aren't being met and its promised benefits not being realized, there's no reason to continue to the end. I also believe we need to be concerned about this being a foot in the door for Uber to get even more involved in our industry. There need to be protections against Uber or any third-party trip provider having financial or managerial interest in a taxi company, dispatch service, taxi e-hail service, or even as a medallion holder. It's not in the resolution, but I'd urge GMTA to put it in the rules, and I'd ask this board to urge them to do so. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Are there any other members joining us today that would like to speak to this item? Seeing no other speakers to this item, Chair. Thank you. Public comment on this item is now closed. Supervisor Chan. Thank you, uh, Chair um, Preston. I, I think that uh, it is alarming for me to hear from Flywheel today. Um, you know, I, I, I uh, definitely want to send my regard to uh, Flywheel Hansu. Mr. Hansu was left us uh, or to call our office as well, and I know that he's not feeling well, so I uh, wish him uh, speedy recovery from his uh, illness, but um, you know, from what I'm hearing is that it seems to me that there is not a clear understanding. Uh, but I also do understand that because the amendment is before us today. As I have articulated earlier, the uh, re resolution which introduced a year ago was to uh, urging the mo removal of third party, uh, which by the way, that original version of res, uh, resolution was unanimously endorsed uh, by uh, San Francisco Labor Council um, with the recognition of transportation network companies oftentimes was taking advantage of our labor and our workers and that we need to safeguard our workers' rights and their uh, working environment. Um, it's really the spirits of this resolution. And like I said earlier, a year later, we recognize that the pilot program is here and that we may have opportunity if we track these data accurately that 
could actually improve the outcomes and benefits for our taxi driver. And with the support and, you know, from the Taxi Workers Alliance um, and with also their feedback, who has actually been consistently working with the SFMTA staff uh, like KTORN and to be able to continue to tweak program. I do agree. Um, I think someone also from Flyrio had mentioned about tweaking the program. It's work in progress. It is exactly what the amendment uh, before us today, recognizing and acknowledging that it needs continuing tweaking, but also to say that the board supervisor's goal ultimately is um, as it's to provide oversight. Therefore, we are asking for a quarterly report. And second is that we will only be in support of this fair pilot program if that it actually improves, again, the outcomes and benefits for our taxi drivers. And I think that that's what the policy goal is that what this resolution really is about. There's no um, direct jurisdiction that the board actually has over SFMTA, nor are we in a position to dictate the terms and conditions of the pilot program, including data collection. But this is a way that the board is suggesting this is the policy, our policy goal, and these are the things that we would like to see to be considered uh, for this pilot program. So with that, I hope that I can uh, make the motion to um, move these amendments uh, today before you uh, and then continue this to the call chair. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Chan. Um, and call the roll on the, I don't know if those need to be taken separately or we can take them as one. Pleasure of the chair. Uh, let's take them together. Okay, thank you. So on the motion to accept the amendments and continue the item to the call of the chair, Vice Chair Stephanie. Aye. Stephanie, I, Member Chan. Aye. Chan, I. Member Chair Preston, sorry. Aye. Preston, aye. You have three ayes. Thank you. That motion uh, passes and look forward to uh, hearing this uh, again in committee. Uh, thank you, everyone. Um, let's, uh, uh, Madam Clerk, can you call the, um, uh, the items three through 16? Certainly. Today's closed session agenda is comprised of items three through 16, which are five ordinances and nine resolutions authorizing and approving various settlements of lawsuits and unlitigated claims in amounts ranging between approximately $1.3 million and $35,000. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, and uh, while these are agendized as closed session items, uh, I want to check in with uh, colleagues on the record as to whether a closed session is needed here or whether we're pre prepared to vote on these. I am satisfied based on the information that I have received from the city attorney's office in advance of the hearing regarding these settlements to approve them without a closed session. But if colleagues, if you have any questions, happy to convene in closed session. Seeing shaking heads, no questions. All our questions have been answered. Thank you, Deputy City Attorney uh, Ann Pearson for uh, the briefing on, and information on these. Um, so I would like to go ahead and move uh, to, to send these items to the full board uh, without recommendation. I mean, with recommendation. Thank you, Chair. And before I take that motion, are there any members of the public that would like to Thank make public you. comment to these items? Okay, seeing no members that would like to speak to this item. Thank you. Public comments closed. Thank you. And on the motion to forward these items to the board with a positive recommendation, Vice Chair Stephanie. Aye. Stephanie, I. Member Chan. Aye. Chan, I. Chair Preston. Aye. Preston, I. You have three ayes. Thank you. That motion passes. Any further business before the committee? There's no further business. We are adjourned. Thank you.